And welcome back to the Quarter 3 Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. This is Episode 67 of the podcast, and I'm your host, Spencer Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my lovely and beautiful wife, Lisa. That's me. Hello. And we are going to talk about things that are either going to make you laugh, think, cry, sometimes all three. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to, our goal is really to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and ignite your joy. So wherever you are today, we encourage you to join in on the conversation by sharing this podcast on your social media platforms or with your friends and your families. You can send this by text. Um, so really, really excited to be back today as we continue the conversation about what we started last week yes uh with uh the symbus assessment that i use for coaching premarital couples which stands for save your marriage marriage before before it starts starts. that's what that means so on this week's episode um we are going to talk about here's the big idea your marriage can only be as healthy as the two of you that's what we're going to talk about. Your marriage can only be as healthy as the two of you. But before we get to there, mm-hmm. Lisa's got our quarter three question of the day. I do. It's another would you rather. Okay. And it kind of then goes along with something I, we can talk about as well. So we had grandparents day at school on Friday. It's always a sweet day. I enjoy, um, especially when I you know, have taught siblings and I get to see their grandparents that I've mm-hmm. met other years and um, even some now that come back to visit me and I don't have any of their grandchildren. Um, just a, it's a sweet day. It's fun. It's fun for the kids. So along those lines, here's the question of the day. Would you rather never age physically or never age mentally? Ooh. And see, we're looking at it. Okay, we, we're down the road a little bit. Mm, you know. We have a lot of different perspectives on that years. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being that I'm almost 52. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working out. So we're fighting that one, you know, trying to right. make sure we stay. But yeah, there's still physically. things that are happening that I can't control. Um. Mm. My parents live with us, so we have that perspective. Yes. <laughs> and yes. all of the doctor appointments that they got. Yeah. <laughs> That's what fills their day. Yeah. Um, or weeks or months. Yeah. Or uh-huh. <laughs> they got to work around their doctor visits in order to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Would I rather never age physically? Or never age Or never mentally? age mentally? I know. That's... Sometimes, you know, I play this game with my kids and they're like, I can't choose, Miss Fred. Um, I'm going to go with the mental part. I'm going to go with the mental. I, I, I think I would Me rather um, never age mentally, meaning like it's staying sharp. Like I want to continue to uh, grow. Yes. In my in my mind. Yes. Never. Lacking. Not lose that. Not lose that. Mm-hmm. You know, stay sharp. Yes. Even if the body doesn't cooperate. Even if the body doesn't cooperate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let the mind stay sharp. Yeah. I think I would agree with that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, can you imagine being fit and but 
<laughs> not right mentally. Yeah. Dumb as a rock. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Right. You just don't have any life experiences or. Right? But I don't want to be. say that you gained some wisdom. I don't want to be, be like that. But I don't want to be brilliant and sharp and overweight at the same time, though, either. Well, we're going to talk about healthy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. I, true. I think there's a balance. Definitely. Because, and the thing is, you know, you, you watch people or even have conversations with people and, you know, there's we're striving. A lot of us are, are in that mode of trying to fight the aging mm-hmm. and fight what is inevitable. And sometimes we can get too caught up in that as well. I think that was a really good question. Mm-hmm. I like well, that. so one of the teachers at school, it was really cute. She used a filter and took her kids pictures in class and aged them with this filter. It made them look like an look older, older person, like a grandparent. But along with that, like that was super cute. And the kids were like, oh, I'm so ugly. It's terrible. <laughs> but the cute part was she also had them write if I were a grandparent and the things that they put on the paper, you know, and it is, it just goes to what they see, you know, that a lot of them, I would walk so slow, (laughs) you know, I would, I would not eat much. I you know, talk about driving. No, but one actually put on his paper that he would um, probably smack his grandkid in the head. (laughs) I'm thinking that might, be what happens to him sometimes and gets he's a, just gets yeah. an ear thump yeah uh smacked on the back of the head or yeah ear thump but if they were a grandparent the things that they would say that they would drive slow they would walk slow they would mm-hmm, need help with everything when somebody put that need help with everything and one of them put i wouldn't know how to use my phone a cell phone <laughs> so i mean they would need help mm-hmm yeah. They would need help with yep. their self their their digital devices. Yes, exactly. And All they, right. And so they will. You know. Growing yep. old is inevitable in in all ways, but I think it's, you know, trying to spend time in a healthy, balanced way that you're keeping yourself sharp mentally, always learning, growing, mm-hmm. uh, challenging yourself, but also keeping yourself sharp. That was a good that was a good question. Physically. Mm-hmm. That was a really good question. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a little updates. Yes. What we got? Well, you want to share maybe some lessons you're learning from work, your new job, your new experiences? Yeah. So, you know, this is a, this has been a, a transition, mm-hmm. uh, a big transition, um, you know, my time with FCA was such a joy as a blessing in so many ways. Met some, met so many great people, worked with some incredible teammates. Um, I miss them. I, I miss them. Yes. I and know you do. it is, you know, and I know some or they live close by and um, we've got, but they each have their own lives and their own ministries and their own. Your paths don't naturally cross. Exactly. Anymore. Yeah. Yes. The paths don't mm-hmm. naturally cross anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be a lot more intentional about yes. staying in touch. Mm-hmm. But 
moving from that type of a career into the career that I'm in now and in the role that I'm in now, it's been a, it's been a very, um, it's been a hard transition because there is grief that is associated with it. Mm -hmm. There is loss that is associated with it, but then there's also the, um, in, in the transition and in doing something new, uh, there's a lot of failure that is experienced and I don't like failing. Um, I feel like I'm letting people down. I feel like that, you know, there's disappointment that occurs or whatever. And so, but what I'm having to do is I'm having to embrace that failure. I'm having to learn to fail forward. Mm -hmm. I'm having to, um, understand that transition is more than just an event. It's, it's a journey. And, uh, I had a, I had a good conversation with, um, someone early, uh, last week that is going through and has been going through a significant amount of transition in his own life. And he was able to give me some uh, some good next steps mm -hmm. and some things that he himself is doing and practicing. And, um, I was like, okay, these are some good things that, that I need to do. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, getting with a, uh, a transition coach or, uh, you know, going back and having some regular, uh, connection with, um, my, my counselor who helped me, you know, overcome depression and anxiety, you know, from, you know, seven, uh, six, six years ago. And, um, so the, the lessons learning, the lessons that are being learned is number one, change is inevitable. Uh, it's going to happen. Um, you're gonna, there are going to be times when you leave places and it's going to hurt. Uh, and then there are going to be new things that you do and it's going to be hard and there's growth in the hard there. Um, and it takes intentionality to stay connected with the, the people that you've loved and served for so long, uh, take some great intentionality to do that. And, um, yeah, so those are good lessons. The, the, yeah, they are. And it, I'm just having to approach this every day with, you know, without fear, and with complete and total trust. You know, and it's still, it's just cool to me that God knows what we need to learn still. He knows where he needs to refine us and shape us and mold us. And, you know, maybe we wouldn't necessarily pick these things mm -hmm. to go through or to learn or to experience, but he knows best. And I probably do not fit the typical um, profile of a... Mm -hmm of the role that I'm in, mm -hmm. in an operations type role, mm -hmm. um, in a business mm -hmm. capacity. Um, and, and I think that's something that I'm having to learn as well is that it's okay to not fit into a particular box and that you, um, you learn and you grow and you develop into, um, what you need to be and, and you incorporate the gifts and the strengths mm -hmm. and the, the skill sets that you have into the role that, you know, God's given you. That's good. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. So 
So what about you? Lessons. You got any other other story? You've already kind of talked about a little school yeah, story. Yeah, told about. Yeah, about that. And but we are going to go with the school. Mm-hmm. Actually, with seniors. Yeah. They are having their annual spiritual retreat, and it is this week. truly a, a a retreat for um, some spiritual growth. I love that that our school. Um, puts an emphasis and mm-hmm. importance on that. And they take the seniors, the whole senior class goes like a day early. And we were invited to go um, and be a part of, of that and actually speak to the senior class. They get up there a day early and have a couple of sessions before the 6th through 11th graders come up the next day and they finish the week out at Sharp Top. So... Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be good. Just to We've spend never time. been to that camp. I know it's a beautiful place, beautiful facilities, and um, but it's just special, too, that this is Lizzie's class. It's kids you've coached. I've coached. Uh-huh. They're her friends, you know, been her classmates since middle school. So, neat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as mm-hmm. well, just to be able to, you know, share a little bit of wisdom and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to them to you know just take the pressure off because Mm -hmm. this is a a a pressurized time for them as they uh for those seniors as they are you know going through their own transitions Mm -hmm. of you know moving out of high school and into a little bit more of an adulthood Mm -hmm. um it uh more independence more independence Mm -hmm. yes uh, or the individuation that we're going to talk oh, about yeah. Yeah. Uh, today, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. Uh, looking forward to being able to spend some time with the whole group, and then I think you're going to be doing something with the girls. I'm doing something with right. the guys. Right. So it'll be some individual time just yeah. to speak very frankly uh, and truthfully to those um, to those groups. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about. I'm that. I'm looking forward to it. That'd be good. So. Let's dive in. Yes. Let's dive into what we're going to talk about. So the big idea, just a reminder, your marriage can only be as healthy as the two of you. Mm-hmm. That's the big idea. So when we talk about that, here's the thing. We're talking about well-being, mm-hmm. the well-being of each person in the relationship. Right. Um, your well-being matters, whether you're getting married or not. Your well-being. Or you're already married. Correct. Or maybe it's out there in the future. Correct. Mm -hmm. Your well-being matters, period. Yes. So when we talk about your marriage can only be as healthy as the two of you, here's another way to put it. If a person tries to build intimacy with another person before they've gotten healthy on their own, Mm -hmm. the relationship becomes an attempt to complete themselves. Hmm. Makes sense. It does. And then you can talk about right so, codependency and all this stuff that yeah. comes in. Yeah. So let's put it this way. And this is this is probably more my terms. All right. Uh-huh. Every person entering into a marriage uh-huh. has baggage. When they're entering into a marriage relationship, they're bringing baggage. They bring into the marriage this is what they're bringing. Some people have backpacks that they bring into the marriage. Mm hmm. While others, they're bringing a whole truckload. They're bringing a whole truckload. It's a good visual. And if you are bringing the truckload, 
you need to get healthy emotionally. If you're bringing the backpack, stay healthy, stay self-aware of what's going on. But your marriage can only be as healthy as the two of you. And we're not saying, you know, with baggage, it's not necessarily bad things. It's just, right, it's what you have accumulated, you know, personality, your upbringing. It's just what you carry with you. And, right, all of that is going to get magnified in a marital relationship. So I think that's why we're saying from the beginning, you, you need to be healthy. And when we talk about well-being, there's three there's three measures that we're going to consider. Okay. Those three measures are self-concept, maturity, and independence. So those are the three things that we're going to really kind of dive into. Okay. Self-concept, maturity, and independence. Okay. Okay. So self-concept is who am I and do I like who I am? That's the question that we're talking about with self-concept. Who am I? And do I like who I am? Self-concept is that it's also known as that gap between your ideal self and your real self. Hmm. An unhealthy self-concept is a factor. This is interesting. It is a factor in nearly every aspect of poor mental health and poor relationship. An unhealthy self-concept. Mm-hmm. Typically, people are going to fall into one of three levels of self-concept. One, you've got a strong sense of yourself. You're very self-aware and you have, and you have confidence in your abilities. That's one level. Another level is you your sense of self and your confidence will vacillate. And at times, you're going to feel strong and sure, while at other times, you're going to feel completely unstable. And then the third level is you struggle having a sense of self and lack self and lack confidence and you feel inadequate. What do you think about those levels? Oh, yeah, I think that's very true. And um, how that does filter out into so many other things, like you said, it's going to be a factor in poor mental health and poor relationships with how you can interact and relate with others when you're, you know, especially in two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With vacillating or just a completely defeated sense of self. And this can come from many things. I mean, we're not unpacking all of that. Of oh, no. We ain't got from. time for that. <laughs> time for that. But we're just saying if we could recognize kind of the lane that we're in and we want to be in or move towards the one where we do have a strong sense of of who we are and and liking who we are. Yeah, the and the thing is this is if you're in that level where you feel inadequate, guess what? You don't have to stay there. No. You can do something about that. Yes. You can do something about that and you can get help. And you can move off of right. that. And it, you can change your family tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can change the course of your family by getting healthy. Yes. Emotionally Which and is, relationally. That's powerful. Very. It's mm-hmm. freeing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes down to self-concept, I think we're really talking about identity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Identity. Who you are. 
Because that's at the core of, yes. I mean, and you go back you, to Genesis. You go back to Genesis. Why do you think people and, struggle with and that? And God said, let us make man in our image. Why do you think people struggle with identity? Hmm. Um, I think especially now when I think of younger people and the generations coming up, I think social media plays into that hmm. yeah. a lot. Um. I I think for some, maybe it's just that they haven't grasped what God has said about them in his word. So maybe they don't know it or they're not around it enough to know that he says they're valuable and worthwhile. And this is the identity he's given them. Why do you think people struggle with having a lack of confidence? Um, I mean, it's related to that. Yeah. It's related to your identity, but, um, maybe circumstances or things that have happened Mm -hmm. and they feel defeated already or because of one time or two or whatever. And so maybe they give up. Okay. Um, I think as I think about the whole confidence question, the the feeling of inadequacy, mm-hmm. um, I think there was at some point in their life, whether if it was a wound from a father or a wound from a mother or a wound from a friend uh, where somewhere in history in that person's life there has been an event that they were never able to overcome. Mm. Right. That's what And I was there's saying. a fear of failure. Yeah. There is. And maybe a, it wasn't even purposeful by someone. Yeah. I, I, I think that could even occur, but for whatever, the way they took it and internalized. Uh-huh. Yes. And so it brings this play that brings this person into a place of, um, mm-hmm. uh, a lack of confidence. And they don't believe uh, in themselves that they can um, get past it mm-hmm. or they don't believe that they can uh, do something uh, about it. And so there is this lack of confidence. There's this feeling of inadequacy. Um, I, I think and I don't know about you. I, I think I, I will do a little self-assessment. I think I fall into that. Number two. Number two, the vacillating. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think I will be in that number two category of, you know, there are days that I feel strong, I feel confident, I feel sure. Mm -hmm. And then there are days where I'm not sure and I vacillate between the two. And maybe it depends on, right, the season of life that you're in. We've talked about that. Um, I'm also a people pleaser. At, mm-hmm. at my core, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm knowing that I am that and knowing that I have to constantly remind myself that it's OK to disappoint people. But I think that's where it is. You're saying I have to constantly remind myself. That's then what we're saying with number one, that you're you're self-aware. Mm-hmm. And right. When we talk about the number one being self-aware and having confidence, it's not to the extent of, of this pride and no. this ego. No, That's not what it's it not is. Proper. That's not what we're talking That's about. That's right. Um, 
We're, we're saying more that you recognize who God's created you to be, how he's gifted you, mm-hmm. and it's not a comparison with other people and their gifts and abilities and where he has them. But it's it's to me, it's a contentment yeah. that this is where he has me. This is how he's gifted me. And and I need to be confident in the places he puts me and the relationships he has me in. Yeah, and uh, along that line, it's understanding what my core purpose is. And yes. I know we've talked about core yes. purpose over, you know, we talk about that a good bit. And for me, it number one, I had to be set free from the people pleasing trap. When my counselor said, "Spencer, you got to be okay with disappointing people," and I was mm-hmm. like, "I can do that." And he was like, yep, you can, and it's okay. Then I had to move from that to understanding who I am, who who my identity, and getting Mm -hmm. getting a grip on my identity Mm -hmm. and who I am and what my, how I am created and who, um, just my, my, my leadership voice, my, my makeup, my personality, who I am, how I'm wired is I am wired to invest and to nurture people. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my wiring. Um, and so from that, that's how I lead. That's how I, but you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not like a bear unless you back me into a corner or whatever. But You're I'm more still really not like a bear. No, I'm more like a golden retriever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but all that being said. I'd still I, I live in this tension between that number one and that number two mm-hmm. place, probably more in the in the second. But I'm growing yeah. to be more confident, to be more self-aware and to have a strong sense of assurance of who I am and what and, and how I am wired, how God's wired me. That makes sense. It, it does. It, it does. And that's what I would say. Right. I, I think probably the majority of people would maybe say that, that we are kind of in between those two segments. Probably. Um, but right. It's again, I think an overall picture of, you know, I don't want to stay in that number two. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, I've got to do a checkup and say, okay. Take me back to my core purpose. Take me back to scripture. Take me back to whatever it is that I need to align with um, that's biblically based. Mm-hmm. And we get back on the track with. And you got to make sure happy. I've had the. In my struggle with this, I have had to make sure that I had the right people in my life that have helped me to develop this. And it's taken more than one person. But That's it has good. taken it has taken it has taken multiple and and all of them all of them have been men in my life that have helped bring out this oh yeah self concept yes. the healthy self yes. That's good. Every one of them okay. have been key men in my life who have uh-huh. who have helped me mm. to do this. Um, and so surrounding yourself mm-hmm. with the right men or women, mm-hmm. okay, yes, surround yourself with the right people to speak that into you and to help you process that I would is say the critical, same. Mm-hmm. very, very critical. And the opposite is true that if you're 
not having those voices speak into you with a healthy con self-concept and speaking to your gifts and talents and abilities and building confidence in you. If you're hanging around people that are tearing that down oh, yeah. or again, just that they're maybe in a, that unhealthy spot of number three, mm-hmm. that's not good. That ain't going to help you. That's, no, that's not good. It's not going to help no. you. And as we circle back to the marriage mm-hmm. relationship, uh, the your self concept, mm-hmm. your your assurance, your confidence into the marriage relationship is going to play a critical factor in your overall mm-hmm. health, definitely, and emotional well being for your marriage, your relational well being. Mm-hmm. It's critical. Yes. So, so that was the first area is that self concept. Who I, who am I and who or do I like who I am? The second one is the maturity piece. Now when we talk about maturity, we're just talking we're talking about age. We're talking about age. And in this in this Symbus assessment that we use, maturity when it comes to well being in your life and in your relationship with your future spouse. Your maturity is a factor. Your age is a factor. Now, what's interesting about this is that the age at first marriage has been steadily climbing for all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups. The median age is now the oldest, get this, since the U.S. Census started in the 1890s. Well, yeah, you can think back. Like our grand, our own grandparents and the stories of they got married at 15. <laughs> yeah, um, correct. How old was Mamie when? Mamie was 15. Mamie was 15. Because I remember when I turned 15, <laughs> she said, well, you can get married now. And my dad was like, no, she can't. No, no. <laughs> no, she can't. We don't do that anymore. No, not at 15. Yeah. How many children did Mamie have? 16. Man. Mm-hmm. But she was a cool woman, though. She was a very cool woman. Mamie was She's a cool... She's a hero of mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was a cool mountain mountain yes. woman. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what's it saying about understanding our age? So the median age for women getting mm-hmm. married is mm-hmm. now 26. Okay. For men, it's 28. Older, a little older. Okay. Now, there's debate. There's still debate on whether waiting to marry is a good idea. All right. Meaning to be a little bit older. Yeah, there's okay. still debate okay. on can you get, should you do it older, should you do it younger. And I don't you know. know that there is an answer for that for all. I don't think you can say set out a blanket answer no, for all there's couples not. and individuals. There's not, but yeah. I think it's important that you take a look at the at the numbers, okay. you know, in terms of uh, from a maturity standpoint, and okay. what and what this assessment allows us to do is it allows us to consider. All right, here's your age brackets. Mm-hmm. All right, so you've got four age brackets. You've got okay. nine, and and base, basically goes back to this um, uh, the research that was done in determining the types of the, yes mindsets going into right, your the marriage mindsets that we talked about last eighteen week. to okay. thirty. Okay, you know uh-huh. age range. So kind of the same thing. You take that age range and you're breaking it down into four specific age groups. Okay. So you've got 19 and under. Okay. You've got 20 to 22, uh-huh. 23 to 25, and then 25 and older. 
Okay. okay. So okay. those are the four particular age groups. Okay. And, and what does it say about? So in each of these, for each of these age groups, there's a level of risk. Okay. Sure. That you're taking when it comes to um, the divorce rate. So for those in the 19 and under teenagers. It's teens. Teenagers. Yes. Get, that would be like Elizabeth getting married. Yeah. I'm like, there ain't no, no. <laughs> way I'm letting that child get married right now. They probably have the highest risk so of divorce. 19 and younger, it is risky. Oh. Marriages among teenagers are twice as likely to end in divorce as marriages mm -hmm. of those in their 20s. Mm -hmm. Twice as likely. Yeah. For the 20 to 22, now you and I were in this we category. We were in that category. This was us. We were young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was 21. Is that right? Yeah. You were about to be. No. No, married. you were 22. Yes. You were 22. That's right. I was 22. You were 22. I was you 21. You were 21. Yes. There's a moderate risk. In this age group, the divorce rate is twice as high as it is for the 24 to 25-year-olds. Now, you and I didn't have this information 29 years ago. No. We didn't have this. Now, I'm sure. Now, I don't know what the median age was for Back then. people in you know 29 years ago getting married. But can you imagine if you and I were to go back... <gasps> To premarital uh -huh. counseling uh -huh. with Brother Bill and Dr. Sims, uh -huh. and we sat down and they presented to us, hey, guys, just to let you know how risky this it is. is a risky decision that you're about to make. <laughs> I think people said that to us without all these oh, statistics they necessarily. said that. I mean, starting from Are you sure y'all want to do this? Right. And talks with parents and, right, counsel from you know, oh, you I had, had counsel from men at church. I had, I had cousins. I had, mm -hmm. I had one. It's like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. I because mean, we were young and, and I don't, people, they didn't mean that. Mean no, they didn't mean it mean. at all. No, they didn't mean it yeah. mean, but they were like, Hmm, you're not done with college. Um, you haven't known this girl very long. <laughs> um, there are concerns that, you need to be aware of. Yeah, we had baggage. We had baggage. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, mm. yeah, we had. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm trying I, to think. I think that's <laughs> I'm, why. I'm not going to say who had the backpack okay. and who had the truckload. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to throw you under the truck. I did not stop. say who had the backpack. I was going to say that's. To me, why this assessment is so, so yeah, it is. good. It's just rich with being able to give, I don't care what age you are, but those that we've been able to counsel with this mm -hmm. assessment, it's just good information to go in with your eyes a little more open right. and a little more aware right. of things. And on the proactive instead of reactive, yeah. which is always a good thing. Yeah. And so moving on to the last two. The last groups. The uh -huh. last two groups. You've got the 23 to 25. Mm -hmm. Now, the 23 to 25, that's the safe zone. What's that mean? The safe zone for marital readiness. All right. 
Really? Because yeah, I can think of some. Oh, I can think of some twenty-three to twenties. Like, mm, yeah, no, they're not ready. Now there is a little bit of caveat there in that. Okay, maybe they've dated for you know a, a length of time. Okay, they've that makes sense. Known each other for a while. They yes. know experienced more yeah. of life. Okay, right. And then okay. the twenty-five and older, that is more the optimal zone. For getting married. Men and women. Men and women. Men and women. Now, like you said, there's no magical number for Mm -hmm. everyone and everybody's going to be different. Sure. uh, Along this. This is just a framework, some information that is important to know as you consider your future relationship together. Hmm. Long term. Long term. So, and what if did it say anything? What if one person that's you know going to be married, engaged, is falls in one category, and the other one is quite yeah. a bit younger or older? Either oh, that way, that brings a good question. Mm. You know that that one is going to bring a level of um, one's going to bring a level of maturity that maybe the other one isn't, mm-hmm. uh, or. <clears throat> Um, it so it kind of balance. I want to say it can balance out, or I there. think it just it's a good point for conversation. Yeah, it's just a good yeah. in in helping helping those people, those couples. Yeah, you know, work through that. Yeah, that question. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a a really good point to to make what you're saying. Mm. So, I'm just curious. Yeah. But maturity, that's okay, a... Okay, so we had self-concept, mm-hmm. maturity. Your age, mm-hmm. right? And then the next one, and this is really... Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your your takes mm-hmm. on this one. Okay. Because this is something that, it, one, we had to work through yes. ourselves. Um, but then there are people that uh, we know... Uh, and have observed mm-hmm. where it's a uh, th- they refuse to let their children um, individuate, and and they keep a and they keep a, a a hand on them. They keep them like close by the mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I'm just really interested to hear okay. your thoughts All right. on this. So, so the third one. This is independence. From your parents. Because it says the two shall become one. One, so, not four. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, five, six. So, so here's the new word. Individuation. I had not heard this word. You told me that when you came across it. Individuation. Individuation is the process of separating from your family of origin to successfully create your family of creation. Going from family of origin, where you were born into or adopted, okay, to your family of creation, the one that God has placed you with, has chosen for you. And that you are now responsible for procreation. Yes. Okay. 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 Period. Okay. So, like you said, it is God's design Mm -hmm. that a man and a woman will leave their parents to start their own families. It's God's design. It's in us. It's it's how, I mean, you see you see it at work mm-hmm. in nature. You see it 
in creation in, in, in so many different levels. Right. You know, but at the human level, man and woman leave their parents. And so it is a process of separating from your mother and your father and being joined together with another human being, a man and a woman that will create a family. And we see this early on, like the stages from baby when they're so dependent, fully dependent on parents. And, you know, then you toddler and then elementary and then middle. And and each one is moving them to a greater level of independence, autonomy. Um, Yeah. And families have got to make room for individuation to occur. Mm. And I think where Mm. when families don't, when mom and dad don't make room for individuation to occur Mm -hmm. in the family, in that child, then it um, squelches that child's growth and it stunts their ability to lead at a um, to lead properly at 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 an adult level. I was going to say, as they get down the road. There's things that haven't developed because no. of because mom and dad have been making their decisions for them. Correct, and they're not Correct. given the opportunity to and make then specific decisions. When it really is up to them, or the decisions, we know that it's a greater scale. I mean, when you're little, you know, and I'm letting you choose. Okay, you're going to wear your Spider-Man pajamas, or you're going to wear the Superman. You know, that's not that big of a deal. But when they're older. And they've been stifled, and this has not been allowed to develop in safe spaces at appropriate times, appropriate age levels. It could be bad. Yeah, very much because so. there's more at stake at more. the decisions they're making yeah. at the older ages. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. for example, when if if your child's wanting to quit a sport, and you go to the coach and you tell the coach that, "Hey, mm-hmm. my child is quitting," right then you're taking that responsibility on yourself yourself and not on your child when your child is the one that's wanting to quit should be the one to go to your coach and say, hey, I'm quitting. Well, first of all, it's a conversation about quitting. Yeah, then you got to have a conversation about that. Right. That's teachable moments. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, and you said you were interested to hear what I would say that, you know, sometimes parents keep a a thumb. I think sometimes it's it's well-meaning. It's it's kind of this default, you know, to swoop in and especially mothers with nurturing and protecting that protection mode that we have and even daddies, too. But we have to rein that back and and think at, at age levels. And as they grow that to me, that lends to their maturity too, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Doesn't it feed into that Very much maturity so. that we're helping them be mature at the age that they are? Yeah, and that means that if they don't make a decision, or if they do decide something that, and there are consequences that are associated with each one, then those consequences they have to suffer. And so many times we've seen it in our own lives, our own children's lives, natural consequences can be such a good teacher, such a good teacher. You don't have to hand down punishment and things like that. The natural consequence, because yeah, you're teaching them. There's a trade-off. You choose this. It sometimes costs you something. And 
in this individuation mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. it's not easy, and there and it will no. be and it will be painful. Yes, uh, it will be painful to watch. It will be mm-hmm. painful to experience. There will be arguments and disappointments because sometimes mm-hmm. your children, and now I'm talking as a parent. Yes. Okay. As a parent, your children will make decisions that may not totally reflect who you are or what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, you may have this tendency or this urge to lash out or to express frustration mm-hmm. or whatever, but, and it, and it happens. Um, it, it's just part of life. It's real. Um, I think that if that does happen, uh, you, or before it happens, take us, take a breath and step back and get a, a battlefield picture. That's big one picture. thing. Yeah. Get the big picture before you say anything and cause any further damage. Um, now from a, from a place of your relationship with your spouse as an end indiv- it being independent from your parents, mm-hmm. um, this is critical in your relationship with your spouse. Yeah. Very critical. You need to have a healthy relationship with your parents but if you are still dependent on your parents um, for whatever. You're not truly leaving and cleaving. Then you hadn't, yeah. That's just biblical. Yeah. Um, and that can create issues. It can. Long term. Yes. And again, sometimes it might be by default. And, and I can just share personally, right, with us, when we got married and you were working three jobs and I was working a job and going to school and, you know. The default was, well, it's safe at home and my parents will feed me and I can take a nap, you know, in my old room and whatever. Um, But I had to come to the point and you helped me, um, you know, by speaking that truth to me that, you know, your place now is making our home Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, it was a little lonely, but that was okay because, you know, then I turned that loneliness into an energy of making our home a fun, good, safe, a place where you want to come back to, right. a place where we would have people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I can remember when I got home one day um, and I'm like, I, I thought you were going to be home. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to be there. And I hadn't, of course, we didn't have cell phones at that point, no. you know, at Patriot. we didn't have those. And uh-huh. so I got home and I'm going, where's Lisa? Where's Lisa? And the only thing I could think of is you must have come home early. <laughs> I think she may be at her. She may be at her parents' house. So I called your parents' house. Your mom answered. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hello. Can I talk to um, Can I talk to my wife, please? That's what I said. <laughs> it is. I did. I said, can I talk to my wife, please? And uh, she get and, and, and your mom said, she's asleep right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Wake her up. Well, wake her up. 
<laughs> and so yeah. we finally got on the phone, and I'm like, um, hon, I need you to come home. And, you know, and then we did have that conversation mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. And that was a, I think that was a critical conversation that we had. It was. We made some good adjustments good. and, you know, um, but there are some people that don't make that adjustment. Right. They just and they're keep still dependent. In the comfort and the. They're still yes. dependent on the mom and dad. Yes. You know, even I will just say, I, and I know people emotionally. disagree. Emotionally emotionally financially all of it like there if you chose to get married that that's your decision and again natural consequences that means you have to figure your finances out mm-hmm. that means you have to figure that doesn't mean for times parents can't help or even other family members i'm not saying that never but that shouldn't be the habit that we're always depending on them and they're still paying you know our cell phone bills and they help with this and that and we just always are dependent on that Right. I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. The those who have those who have successfully individuated from their parents. Mm -hmm. Decisions can be made with little to no anxiety. Hmm. Now, Hmm. now I'm not saying that. It eliminates right. anxiety because there's right. always, especially with major decisions and things like that. But you've narrowed it down to the two people. You exactly. two are making a decision as one. Right. Let's go back to biblical. You're making that decision as one unit. Yeah. You're not thinking about their feelings and what are they going to think about right. it? What are their thoughts? What would they say? You're making it as one. Right. And that has to eliminate some of that excess but mm-hmm. for those that have not successfully individuated yeah. from their parents, yeah, here's what happens. Anxiety and depression levels will increase hmm. in that person's life. And they will not exactly know what they want and how they need to go about get it, getting it. Mm-hmm. And so... Things become um, in a state of paralysis. Individuation. They're paralyzed in this. Individuation has Mm -hmm. not uh, totally occurred. Hmm. And it's very difficult for decisions to be made. Hmm. And it puts a a halt um, in that process. Hmm. And it. And if, and if a person is there and they move into a marriage relationship, it just makes it that much more difficult in that relationship mm-hmm. to to make decisions. Right. Because, again, if they're not healthy as they're as an individual, how do you come together? Right. It's. Exactly. Yeah. It's a defeating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is it's defeating it. So those are the three. Okay. Um, those are the three measures that make up the well-being, self-concept, maturity, and your independence from your parents. Mm. Those are the three things. Mm. But I have some action items. Yes. What I've got can some we specific do? action items mm-hmm. for each one. So there's one for each area. Okay. So the one for your self-concept. Get a grip on your identity. 
get a grip on your identity. Figure out who you are and how God designed you. Mm-hmm. And knowing that he made you, he formed you. Um, and he, as I, as I mentioned uh, today, as I, as I wrote it down in my, uh, in my journal today, mm-hmm. is that I am crafted and I am drafted cool. by the creator of the universe. I like that. I'm crafted and drafted. I like that. And so are you. Mm-hmm. You're crafted and drafted. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. So get a grip on your identity. <clears throat> the second thing is grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> grow up. You know, uh, take if responsibility. You, yeah, take responsibility. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're in your if you're in your twenties, you know, and you're still living life like a 16, 17, 18 year old, grow up. Start adulting. Yeah, start adulting. <laughs> All right. Stop putting it off and just grow up. Mm. All right. Um, be around the people. The Bible is very clear. If you want to, yes. if you want to walk with, if you want to become be a wise, wise person, then walk with the wise people. But yes. a companion of fools is going to suffer harm. Yes. So it's your pick. You can hang around unwise people and suffer harm. Or you can hang around wise people and grow in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. So grow up. Third thing. Get a move on. Separate from mom and dad. Be yourself. You're you are a human being that God created and God has designed for you to leave and to form a new family. So get a move on it. And really, that's what it. they were raising you for. Yeah. I hope they would say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get a move on it. You're not designed to stay at yeah. your home, at your parents' home mm. for the remainder of your life. Nope. Mm. Not the way it is. That's good. Okay. Those are good action items and things that lead us to be healthy in our well-being, mm-hmm. our overall well-being as individuals to then take that and carry that into the marriage. Your marriage will only be as healthy as the two of you, Hmm. period. It's good. So get healthy. Yes. You got anything else? I don't. I don't. No. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening in to the quarter three podcast. We're so grateful for each of you listening in who send us messages and let us know uh, how much this has encouraged you. Uh, If there is anything that Lisa or I can do for you, pray for you in any way. If you're interested in taking that Symbus assessment, uh, whether you are a um, engaged couple or if you are a couple who's already married but hey you want to get an assessment on on your marriage right now we can still do that uh, assessment so please let me know and you can uh, send us an email I'll put that in the show notes um, that you can find ways to connect with us yes and know that we're cheering you all on in becoming healthy in your marriages and remember that two Two are are better than than one one. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. broken.